Go with me please to Galatians, the uh, third chapter. We've been on a um, subject for some weeks now called Redeemed from the Curse of the Law. And we've been pretty stirred up about it too. Am I telling the truth? Yes, we have. Now, if you, you think, well, I, I hadn't been very stirred up, well, get the messages that are previous. Go back in the Word Supply on your way out if you're in the building. If you want a hard copy, the DVD or CD, the easiest thing is to go online and uh, look up the series. It's easy to get to, and you can watch or listen to any of or all of the previous messages. It won't cost you anything. And if uh, those of you that were here, would you recommend those that have not been with us to get into it? It, The truth will do what for you? It'll make you free. And there there are few truths that are greater than this. We've been redeemed. Christ has redeemed us. And specifically, this verse says, from the curse of the law. You need to know what you've been redeemed from. And you need to know what you've been blessed with. Or you won't know what to receive or resist. And this is uh, contrary to what many, many, I should say it like this, what millions of church-going people believe. There are two things God does not do for us. Two big things. He does not receive for us. You can pray, and you can beg and beg and beg, and it's not going to fix it. You have to receive by faith, or you won't have it. Secondly, he doesn't resist the devil for us. He told us to do it. There are numerous places we could talk about. But if you're begging God to make the devil stop, you're wasting your breath. And I know a lot of people don't believe that. I know folks think, you know, oh, I don't don't know. Listen, what are your beliefs based on? Is it scripture? Or is it just something you heard somebody say? What you hear me say tonight, don't just take it and that's it. Where is it at? In the word. Every piece. Every part. These things are life-changing when you get a hold of the fact that it's my responsibility to receive. I can't wait for God to notice me and for it to fall on me. He already noticed me. Right? Pleading and begging God to do something for me, He already has done something for us. Do you believe it or not? The Bible said He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. But he doesn't receive it for us. Let's just go back to the most basic of things. Has Jesus paid the price for the sins of everybody on the planet? Are they all born again? No. Why? Is it God's will for them to receive? Absolutely. The Bible said he's not willing that any should perish. Are there people perishing? Yes, there are. Well, then something's happening that's contrary to his will. Why? Because millions refuse to believe it and refuse to receive it. They're not receiving it. And the enemy 
is an outlaw. He'll do anything he can. Jesus said he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, this is very simple. If something is stolen something good from you, do not blame God. God didn't do that. If something has destroyed something good in your life, do not blame God. If something has killed something good in your life, do not blame God. According to Jesus, anybody believe what Jesus said? According to Jesus, John 10.10, who is it that steals and kills and destroys the thief? Jesus said, is God the thief? Certainly not. Certainly not. So it's somebody else doing this. And yet you've got millions of people attributing everything to God. And it's simply not true. Not according to the Bible. Well, Galatians 3. Did you find it? Galatians 3. It says, verse 6. Abraham believed God. So you think that's a good thing to do? And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, who's that? Faith people. (laughs) Who's that? Well, in the strictest sense, every believer is a faith person. That's what faith people do, is believe. You can't be a believer without believing. Whoever heard a believer doesn't believe. (laughs) They that are of faith The same are the children of Abraham. Is that you? Come on, everybody say it out loud then. I am am a believer believer. and I am am a child of Abraham. Abraham. I am. Verse 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, that's what you used to be, (laughs) through faith, preached before the gospel Unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. Now, when you start talking about blessing, a lot of people, their mind just goes tilt and they think, Oh, that's that prosperity gospel. That's that. Well, no, it's Galatians 3 8. You got to watch about just out of hand rejecting things. And somebody says something about confession. People say, oh, that's that blab it, grab it bunch. Well, it's Jesus in Mark eleven twenty three. You've got to watch about what you're disrespecting. Now, sure, there's nutty, fruity people everywhere. <laughs> nutty, fruity preachers and nutty, fruity churchgoers. <laughs> a plenty. And we may have been a little nuttier or fruity, fruitier than we would like to admit it. At different times, but you know, there's so much you don't know, especially when you get started. But if your believing is based on the Word, that's going to keep you away from nuttiness and fruitiness, flakiness, because the Word is not fruity and flaky, right? The Word is solid. Hallelujah. Solid. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But not the word. Jesus said it is forever. But when we think gospel. We should think in the same thought. Blessing. 
You think most people think that? No. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> well, is it right here? The gospel was preached to Abraham, and then part of it's quoted here. In you shall all nations be blessed. Blessing is part of the gospel, and it's inseparable. Now keep going, verse 9. So then, they which be of faith, you said that was you a while ago, a couple of verses ago. They, they, you are what? Blessed. Which is part of the gospel. You are blessed with faithful, believing Abraham. Somebody say, I'm a child of Abraham. And I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. You could also say, I'm blessed with blessed Abraham. <laughs> he's blessed, and I'm a child of his, and that's what he's leading up to. As a spiritual child of his, I've inherited, because of what Jesus has done, the blessing, which is part of the gospel message. If you're not preaching blessing, are you preaching the gospel? What do you think? Now that sounds strange though, doesn't it? But are we reading scriptures or not? Keep reading. Verse 10. For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it's written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it's evident for the just shall live by faith. Is that us today? That's us. Verse 12, and the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's saying in the Old Testament, the only way people could be righteous was by keeping the law and the ordinances and the statutes and everyone, with the exception of Jesus, came short. And so when they came short, then they were subject to the curse of the law instead of the blessing, which is why the animal sacrifice was instituted, so that the blood of animals could cover their shortcomings and failures, and so they could be blessed in spite of their shortcomings, but Hebrews tells us, the book of Hebrews, that uh, the blood of animals could never take away sin. It could only cover it until the spotless lamb, the final sacrifice for sin came. Does anybody know his name? Jesus. And his blood does not cover sins. His blood washes away sin. <laughs> So your sins, as a New Testament believer, your sins are not covered. If they're covered, that means they could be uncovered and found. But no, he separates your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. Well, how far is that? Well, if you start going east and you keep going east and you keep going east, when will you be going? East, east. Until you turn around. How far is east from west? It's further than you know. <laughs> it's far enough that you'll never see them again. How about that? Amen. 
And because our sins have been washed. Oh, somebody say washed, washed. Washed away, cleansed, including our conscience, cleansed by the precious blood of the spotless Lamb of God. And that qualifies us for the blessing and redeems us from the curse. Not what we did, but what he did. Can you say, I believe it? Praise God. Now, one thing we need to understand, and to hear some people talk, you would think that God is a different God from the Old Testament than he is in the New. And that everything has totally changed from Old Testament to New, so much so that the Old Testament is really not even relevant in our lives today. And that is absolutely untrue. God has not changed and never will. The devil is the same. Good and evil are the same. Truth and lies are the same. Blessing and curse are the same. So many things are exactly the same today as they were in Abraham's time or Moses' time. The difference is the way we become righteous. The difference is our covenant. Our covenant has changed. But blessing and curse hasn't changed. Truth and lie hasn't changed. Good and evil hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. Do you believe this? Very important to to be clear on this. And if blessing and curse wasn't an issue for us in the new covenant, he wouldn't be devoting whole chapters to it in the New Testament, in the book of Galatians. Now, would he? But it is. What do we need to know about it? Well, that's why we're camping on it. Verse 13 said out loud, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me, for it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Is there such a thing as being cursed? Is it real? If you believe the Bible, you have to believe that. If blessing is real, cursing is real. Verse 14. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law that, or we could say so that, what? The blessing of Abraham, which he'd already been talking about in previous verses, which Abraham heard about the blessing in the gospel, might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That's us. That we, we, see Paul here includes himself, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Is the the Spirit been given to us today? Do we live by faith today? Then is it true that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law? And that we have received now the blessing of Abraham. Does that mean anything? Does that actually affect your life? Monday through Friday. (laughs) Go with me back to uh, Proverbs, the 10th chapter. And let me remind you of this. We got into some things last Friday that um, I believe are very significant. Of course, if it's in the Word, it's very significant. 
And, and it was connected to this, Proverbs 10, 22. We talked about how we've been redeemed from the curse. We spent a whole evening talking about how we've been redeemed from the curse of sickness. And not just theory, but looking at verse after verse after verse in Deuteronomy 28. But in Proverbs 10, 22, he said, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Here's one thing that the blessing does. Have you been blessed as a believer? Does the blessing do anything in your life? One thing it does, it makes rich. It, the blessing, makes. Now that's a creative word. And when God spoke blessing, in the book of Genesis and any number of places, the way he did it was to say, the Bible said he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, and fill up the earth, be. This is not just an encouraging word. This is an empowering word. This is a creative word. When the Lord says, be this or that, he's not just exhorting you. He just released creative power that causes you to become that. Can you see that? And one of the things that the blessing does is it is creative power that makes rich. You believe that or not? Now there's a lot of folks think, you know, when it comes to Christianity that rich is a four-letter word. It's an ugly word. We shouldn't even be talking about it. But that's, you know, you're going to ignore a lot of scriptures if you do that. But rich is not a dollar amount. Rich is not a a certain accumulation. As we saw last week, rich involves a number of things, and the stuff is not the blessing. A car, for instance, if you had the nicest car there is, you couldn't say that car is the blessing. You might try to say, it's a blessing to me. Well, actually, it's a car. <laughs> the car is not the blessing. Can't be. The, ble- the blessing is something else. How many understand the blessing is not a car? And the blessing is not a house. But what is it? What is it? It is, we'll look in Deuteronomy, excuse me, Deuteronomy 8, that's right. Deuteronomy 8 and 17. And you'll see all these things overlap. All these things connect. The Word of God is connected. I mean every verse is connected somehow with every other verse. It is a living thing. It is the most astounding thing I've ever come in contact with. The Word of God. What do you mean? It's it's alive. It's living. And uh, it's so many faceted, and it's just amazing. And, and if you think, well, this doesn't agree or that doesn't agree, you're just showing your ignorance. You're just showing how much you don't know, because there's no such thing as it doesn't agree. It's interconnected from beginning to end. And uh, notice this in Deuteronomy 8:17, he's cautioning them after they get in the promised land after 
they possess, the vineyards they didn't plant, the orchards, the houses they didn't build, after they are well off, they got houses and vineyards and farms and lands. He said, now when you do, watch out that you don't say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. Would this still be relevant today? Watch out that you don't say that. Now you have to put the previous verses with this to get all that, but you don't, what don't you say? My power, my might of my hand has gotten me this. Another way of saying that is I worked hard. I have, I did this. I built this from the ground up. I'm a self-made man. I, I, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Well, then any accumulation you are taking credit for. You're not attributing it to the blessing. And here's the thing. You can have billions of dollars and not be blessed. Are y'all with me? You can have the biggest houses there are and 40 vacation homes and, you know, 20 airplanes and, and not be blessed at all. What actually makes you rich? It's not the money that makes you rich. It's not the stuff. The blessing of the Lord, it makes you what God calls rich. Hallelujah. And that includes so much more than stuff. Stuff can be here today, gone tomorrow. Stuff can't satisfy your insides. Stuff can't make you a better person or any more likable to be around. Or give you any more friends. There are some people that have a lot of stuff. And they are some of the loneliest people on the planet. Because they are so mean. And cruel. They are not rich. The world might call them rich. But they are not. Only the blessing. Can make you. Truly. Rich. You believe it or not. He said don't say. My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God. It's he that gives you the power to get the wealth. The blessing is not the wealth. The blessing is the power. Well, come on, can you see this? The power. Part of the power is the power to get it. The power to make it. Did you hear the text again? The blessing of the Lord it maketh. The power to get it. The power to do it. And like we, uh, we saw last week. It also includes the power to enjoy it. There's no amount of money can give you the power to enjoy life. And it also includes the power to give it, to give it to others. Does this begin to paint a picture of truly blessed? You got the power to get wealth, stuff. You got the power to enjoy it. And you got the power to give it. Is that a blessed man? A blessed woman? Is it? That, that's 
Not not just having money and stuff. That's being blessed. You don't just want a bunch of money. You want to be blessed. And if you're a believer, you should believe the Bible, which says that you is. You are. You believe it or not. Somebody say, I am blessed. I'm blessed. With what? The blessing of Abraham. Uh, The big one. It's mine. He said, you remember the Lord your God, for it's he that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which you swear to your fathers. Well, that goes back to Abraham, as it is this day. God's word translation says it like this. He said, you may say to yourselves, I became wealthy because of my own ability and strength. Are there a lot of people who say that? Yeah. I became wealthy because of my own ability and strength. He said, but you remember, the Lord your God is the one who makes you wealthy. He's confirming the promise which he swore to your ancestors. It's still in effect today. Galatians says it is. Right? That's New Testament. Is the blessing still in effect today? Part of the blessing is the power to make it. The power to get it. The power to appropriate. Now, uh, with that in mind, go with me to uh, Leviticus again. We looked at Leviticus 26, which you will see the blessing and curses of the law in there. And we also went to Deuteronomy 28, and you really see it in even more detail in that chapter. There's 60-something verses in Deuteronomy 28. So it really covers one of the biggest spread of the specific parts of the blessing and the curse. If you haven't read it, this is part of your inheritance, right? It's more valuable than if somebody sent you the last will and testament of a billionaire that left you a bunch of stuff, right? I think you'd want to read it. This is bigger than that because we've already gone over. There's no amount of money that can make you blessed. No amount of things. You know, Jesus said, you know, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. There's not enough stuff in the world to make you happy and to give you joy and to give you real peace, to make you blessed. The blessing makes you rich, not the money. The blessing makes you rich, not the, you know, the outward success or or the stuff or the, the title or the fame. That's not what makes you rich. The blessing. Leviticus 26, though, I want you to notice this. Well, I'm going too too fast. You're not ready to read Leviticus 26. Go with me to Ecclesiastes. I want to review it just a little bit before we get to this. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. Ecclesiastes 3, excuse me, 5. It is in 3, but Ecclesiastes 5. 18. 5.18 Ecclesiastes says, Behold, that which I've seen is good and comely for one to eat and drink and to enjoy. Everybody say enjoy. enjoy. To enjoy the good of all his labor that he takes under the sun all the days of his life which God gives him, for that is his portion. Verse 19. Now you may want to mark this if you don't have it marked. Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth 
Who gave it to him? And has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Is this part of the blessing here? Not only the power to get it, but the power to what? To enjoy it, to rejoice in it, to enjoy it. The power to rejoice in it is called the gift of God. It goes on to say in the sixth chapter, verse 1, there's an evil which I've seen under the sun. It's common among men, a man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wants nothing for all his soul that he desires, but God gives him not power to eat thereof. But a stranger eats it. This is vanity. It's an evil disease. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? You had a bunch of stuff, but you didn't get to enjoy it. Had a bunch of stuff and a bunch of opportunity, but somebody else got it. And yet you'll, you'll hear people say, well, we just don't understand God's mysterious ways. No, that couldn't have been the will of God because it's a curse. Can you see that? There's no way it's God's perfect will for you to have curse in your life. That's one of the big reasons Christ came was to redeem you from the curse. And, and we, got, we must get rid of these anti-biblical sayings such as, well, I know it's a bad thing, but I think it was a blessing in disguise. That is an ungodly, contrary to so many scriptures, do not say such things. The Bible warns you about calling evil good and calling good evil. A curse is a curse is always a curse. It's never a blessing. It's never a blessing in disguise. Ever. And never is a blessing a curse in disguise. Never. God and the enemy, the devil, are not working together. They don't swap jobs occasionally. Come on. How hopelessly confused would we be if God says, now I'm blessing you because you are disobedient, but it's really going to be a curse. I'm sorry. What would you be doing? Huh? What? Huh? I'm, I'm cursing you. I'm, put, I'm sending you a curse because you've done a good job. But it's really going to be a blessing in disguise. Huh? What? So do I want to be disobedient to get the blessing? Or obedient to get the curse? Now you're laughing. But most of the church world is hopelessly confused about all this. That's why they use such terminology, such despicable terminology, calling God's good blessing a bad thing and calling the devil's evil work a hidden blessing, a blessing in disguise. No, God's not trying to confuse us. If he wanted to confuse us, are you kidding? We'd never figure it out. Right? <laughs> no. He keeps it very, very simple for us. God's a good God. Amen. He does good things. Yes. He wants us to listen yes. and obey Him yes. and be blessed. Yes. Is that confusing? Is, no. Huh? No. <laughs> We're laughing, but this is a big problem. Big issue through the whole body of Christ. So, 
the Bible says, even in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 6.17, that the living God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, with that in mind, we, we, we talked about three things that the blessing does, and it does other things than that. I'm not saying the only three. These three big things. It gives you the power to get. It, it gives you the power to enjoy. And the third one was gives you the power to give. And, and you would call that a blessed man or woman. Now, go back to Leviticus. Leviticus 26. And notice, now, help me out, those of you that have been here, if you find it in the curse of the law, what do you know? We, we said there's two big things you, 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 you got to know. Right? If you find it in the curse of the law, if it's a curse, you know God doesn't want you to have it. Right? And if you find it in the curse of the law, according to Galatians 3, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, listen to some of the curse. You'll see a recurring theme in this. In Leviticus chapter 26, verse 20, and this is the curse for rebelling against God, for disobeying God. He said, if you do, if you, if you forsake me, if you ignore all my instructions, your strength will be spent in vain. Your land will not yield or increase. Neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. I'll bring the land into desolation. Your enemies which dwell therein will be astonished at it. Oh, that's verse 32. Excuse me. Uh, for time's sake, I'm skipping down. I'll scatter you among the heathen. Draw out the sword. Your land will be desolate. Your cities lie waste or are waste. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths as long as it lies desolate and you be in your enemy's land. Even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbaths. As long as it lies desolate, it shall rest because it did not rest in your Sabbaths when you dwelt upon it. Verse 43, he says it again, the land also shall be left of them and shall enjoy her Sabbaths while she lies desolate without them. What's that got to do with the curse and the blessing? Well, part of the, the blessing power is the ability to enjoy and the ability to rest. And it's hard to rest when your body is, is riddled with disease. It's hard to rest when your kids don't have enough food to eat. It's hard to rest when your enemies are all around you attacking you. Can you see this? And you, you'll see this keep coming up in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy that the blessing causes you to be so blessed that you have rest all round about. And you're able to rest and you rest on the Sabbath day, which that's what the Sabbath is, is the day of rest. But not only that, we talked about this uh, earlier, that he said every seventh year you take the whole year off. Now, immediately all kind of people Working jobs, businesses, they're thinking, how can I take a year off? You know what you'd have to be to be able to take a whole year off? <laughs> blessed. You'd have to be majorly blessed, right? And the Lord told, that's exactly the word he used when they said, how can that be? How are we going to make it from the end of the sixth year 
to the ninth year. Because we go a whole year and don't plant or reap. And then we plant and it's a whole other year before we start getting it in. And he said, I'm going to bless you the sixth year with three years crops. In that one year, the ble- that, that's the power of the blessing is to multiply. Can you see that? I'm going to multiply what comes in in the sixth year so that you can rest. Somebody say rest, rest. You can rest an entire year. Now there's a lot of people who think they can't rest a day out of a week still. Got to work, got to work. And this continuous work, and now with technology, we can do stuff night and day and not get sleep. But working continuously and never resting and always struggling is, and, and still not quite getting there is not being blessed. Can you see this, friends? That's not being blessed. The blessing makes you rich. And part of that richness, God calls it, the ability to rest. Well, that's part of enjoying, isn't it? You got the time, you got the means, you got the frame of heart, you got the frame of mind, got plenty of money to do it, plenty of stuff to do it. The Lord calls that the blessing. The lack of it is the curse. And he says, since you wouldn't listen to me and you wouldn't observe that seventh year of rest, then you're going to be removed from the land. You're going to serve your enemies, but the land is going to get its vacation that you wouldn't give it. Go to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. Deuteronomy 28, 28. This is part of the curse of the law. What do we know about the curse of the law? If it's in here, this curse of the law, it's bad. God didn't want us to have it. If it's in here, we've been redeemed from it. He said you'll be smitten with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Does that sound like rest? Keep going. You'll grope at noonday like the blind gropes in darkness. You'll not prosper in your ways. You'll be oppressed and spoiled evermore. And no man will save you. Does that sound like rest? This is distress, distress, unrest. Keep going. You'll betroth a wife, another man will lie with her. You'll build a house, but you won't live in it. You'll plant a vineyard, but you won't gather the grapes thereof. Can you see? This is a curse. Is there any way that's God's will for your life? No. No way. Keep going. Your ox will be slain before your eyes, but you won't eat it thereof. Your donkey will be violently taken away and won't be restored to you. Your sheep will be given to your enemies. You'll have none to rescue them. Keep going. Your sons and daughters will be given to other people. Your eyes will look and fail with longing for them all the day long. There will be no might in your hand. You're powerless. You're being stolen from. You're being destroyed. This is being cursed. Is it God's will for us to be cursed? Experience the curse? No. Tell me the good news if I find it in here. It's a curse. No way God wants it in my life. What else? 
Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Keep reading, keep reading. The fruit of your land, all your labors, shall a nation which you know not eat up. You'll be oppressed and crushed always. You'll be mad for the sight of your eyes which you shall see. This is as far away from rest as you can get. Right? Are you stressed out? Oh man. You'll be smitten in the knees, the legs. We already talked about that. These are physical things. And this distress and physical things go together too. Keep going. The Lord will bring you and the king which you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known. There shall you serve other gods, wood and stone. You'll become an astonishment, a proverb, a byword among all nations whether the Lord shall lead you. You'll carry out much seed to the field and gather but little in, for the locust will consume it. Is that a blessing in disguise? No. There's no way that's the will of God, that pests ate up your crop. Yet are there people today will try to say, well, you know, there was drought, we didn't get enough rain, and we lost our crop, but you know, God must have knew we needed some drought. No, you're believing lies. There's no way that was the will of God. It's a curse. When your crops don't get rain. Or when pests consume them. Verse 39. You plant your vineyards and dress them. But you won't drink of the wine. Or gather the grapes. Worms will eat them. So somebody say curse. That's a curse. Worms to eat your stuff. Keep going. You'll have olive trees throughout your coast. But you won't anoint yourself with the oil. And the olive will cast his fruit. You'll beget sons and daughters, but you will not enjoy them. Now, can you see this word coming up again? What's part of the power of the blessing? The power to enjoy. It's a curse to not enjoy your children. You believe that or not? To not enjoy your grandchildren. It's a curse for them to be in bondage to this or that or the other or in captivity. That never is at the will of God. Now skip down to verse 45. All these curses will come on you and pursue you and overtake you till you'll be destroyed. Why? Because you wouldn't listen to the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. They'll be upon you for a sign, for a wonder, upon your seed forever. Because you serve not the Lord your God with what? Joyfulness. One of the worst witnesses is a depressed Christian. It's contrary to everything Christianity is about. Being sad, being depressed, being defeated is not the witness God wants us to have. What do you think? What does the Lord want people to see in our life? The curse or the blessing? What draws men to repentance? Seeing the good. Well, that's what the blessing is. It's the goodness of God manifested in our lives. That's what his desire is for everybody on the planet. But you've got the same problem today as then. You've got millions of people won't give God the time of day. A lot of them don't even believe he exists. They could care less. They could actually say they care more about his plan or his will for their life. Don't check. Don't look. Well, the curse is still in the earth. And if you don't live in the redemption from it, you will live in the curse. And you won't experience the blessing. It's still here. 
He said, because you wouldn't serve the Lord with joyfulness and with gladness of heart. For what? For the abundance of all things. God's will is that you just have everything and enjoy it and give it away and be blessed. And people see how good God is to you and they say, I want to do that too. I want to, I want to get to know this God. <laughs> 48. Therefore you'll serve your enemies which the Lord will send against you, hunger, thirst, nakedness, one of all things, destruction and stealing and killing. Who does that sound like to you? Skip down to 65, verse 65. And among these nations you shall what? You shall what? Find no ease. Somebody say no ease. Neither shall the sole of your foot have rest. But the Lord will give you, and that's because of the judgment, a trembling heart, failing of eyes, sorrow of mind, and your life will hang in doubt before you. You'll fear day and night and have none assurance of your life. In the morning you'll say, would God it was evening. In the evening you would say, would God it's morning. For the fear of your heart, wherewith you shall fear, and for the sight of your eyes, which you shall see. What does that describe? Cursed. Cursed. Is there any way that's God's will for your life? No. And Christ has redeemed you from it. But can you see all of this is part of the curse of the law that Christ has redeemed you from. And a big part of it is no rest. No ease. Can't rest. No peace. No enjoyment. No satisfaction. Why? You got, your enemies are destroying everything you got. Your kids are gone and your body's full of disease. And This is curse. Can you see this? That is not being blessed and don't dare call it a blessing in disguise. Don't dare call it that. Blessing is good. Right? God is good. Curse is bad. Blessing is good. Now I want you to notice This does not stop at this life. This goes beyond this life and beyond this time. Go to Revelation. Revelation. Well, I'll tell you what. On the way there, stop by Hebrews for just a minute. Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4 talks a lot about the rest, the rest of faith. And let's just notice this on the way. Hebrews 4 and verse 1. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, what other word could you use instead of rest? Blessing. The blessing is the power to get and the power, what else? To enjoy. And and part of that power to enjoy is the power to rest. You're not enjoying something no matter, you got got the biggest house in the state and you got all the stuff, but you've got no peace in your mind and you got no joy and you're not right with God, you're not right with people. Are you blessed? No, you're not blessed. You have to have the ability to rest. 
How, how many understand the peace of God that passes understanding is better than air conditioning? You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's better than the best restaurant. Why? You can't, these are things you can't buy with money. And the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Well, it's not that you can't have the other to have that. You can't enjoy the other without that. Right? You don't have to be vexed out of your head to have a bunch of stuff. You could have a bunch of stuff, but it doesn't have you. And the Lord knows you'll do anything he tells you to do with it. You'll sow it, you'll give it, you'll liquidate it, and put it in the God. You'll do anything he tells you to do with it. And you, you have rest in your heart, in your mind. You, you can enjoy, whether it's a five-course meal at, at the, the five-star restaurant, or it's a hot dog from the vendor. You, you still got peace. You got rest. Do, do you understand? Many people do not know how to enjoy life. They don't know how. There are even in the best of circumstances, they're still not happy. They're fidgeting. They're fumbling. They're griping. They're finding fault. Something. Why? Because they got no peace. They got no joy. They're not living in the blessing. If you got no ease, you're in the curse. If you got no rest, you're in the curse. And that's just tragic with a Christian because. Christ has redeemed us from it, from all that, the curse of the law. What do you think? He said, uh, verse 2, Hebrews 4, 2, we have had the gospel, here it is again, the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them. Now this is talking about that first generation of Israelites that came out of Egyptian bondage. Didn't benefit them because they didn't combine it with faith. I'm reading the NIV. Verse 3. Now we which have believed. What? Enter that rest. Just as God has said. Where where am I? Verse (laughs) 4. I lost my place. It ties in with God resting from his works on the seventh day. God rested. What's this a type of? It's a type of the new covenant. It's the age of grace and the age of living and walking by faith. And we which have believed do enter into. It's the age of blessing. The age of rest. Come on, can you see it? Rest, rest. Hallelujah. When you've got the power to get everything you need. You know, everybody's got their area. Phyllis and I are in the ministry. So our call included getting office buildings, getting church buildings, getting properties, getting internet equipment, getting vehicles. And God has given us and all the church family, the power to get it. Yes. Hallelujah. And we, we've gotten a bunch of it. And it's paid for. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. But that alone doesn't make you rich. No. Right? That was the power to get it. Tell me the next part. The power 
to enjoy it. I think we're enjoying some of it right now. Is that right? We preach anything we want to. Nobody can kick us out tomorrow because you didn't pay your rent. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We've got freedom. We've got ability. And we, we have the power to enjoy it. The Lord's given us our own. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. We can have peace about it. We can have joy about it. And also, he's given us the power to give. We've given. We've given substantially. And we'll continue to do. Are we blessed people? Are we experiencing some of the blessing? Yes. Is there more? You better believe there's more. You better believe. I'm used to using that as an example. The same thing is true for your personal life. And your business, your ministry, whatever that may be, that is true with every child of Abraham, which is every believer. It's God's will. He said, we which have believed do enter into that rest. Verse 9 says, there remains a Sabbath rest. This is the NIV. For the people of God. For anyone Who enters God's rest also rests from his own work just as God did from his. Somebody say rest. Rest. Now, with that in mind, put Proverbs 10 back on the screen and see if this means more to you now. Proverbs 10 in the Amplified. Keep that. What did we just read in Hebrews? He that enters into the rest ceases from his own labors just like God did from his. Is there a connection between the Sabbath and the blessing? We saw multiple verses in Leviticus 26, multiple verses. In the Amplified Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord, it makes, they said, truly rich, and he adds no sorrow with it, neither does toiling increase it. Listen to other translations. One says, all our work adds nothing to it. Struggle adds nothing to it. See, the pride of man wants to take credit for anything we earn, anything we build. That's the pride of man. But you could work hard and you could build a company from the ground up. You could make a ton of money. You could have the biggest house and car. That doesn't make you blessed. Does it? The car is not the blessing. The house is not the blessing. The blessing is the power of God. Right? The power of God. And part of that power is the power to rest in it. The power to enjoy it. Can you say thank you Lord? Praise be to God. The blessing makes you rich. Not your hard work. Amen. Can you see saying that? Not your, now that doesn't mean that you're supposed to goof off all the time and not do anything. Amen. Right? I mean, we just got through reading in our weekly and daily readings, didn't we? That if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. But it's not your hard work that makes you blessed. The blessing is not produced by work. Work, I don't care how much work or how hard work, cannot 
produce blessing. Are y'all with me, friends? Work does not produce blessing. But if the blessing is on the work, (laughs) the blessing will make you rich. Not just money and stuff, but power to get, power to enjoy, power to give. And when that happens, as God is faithful to do, do not give the credit to your work. You see what he was saying? When it happens, don't you say the power of my might and my hand made this happen because you're lying about it. And that's a good way to lose it all. You should say, the Lord, he's the one that gives me the power to get it and to make it and enjoy it and to rest in it and to give it. Because the giver is even more blessed. Is that right? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. How many think this is a good thing to be talking about? This, This is so big. So important. With that in mind, now go to Revelation. Thank you, Lord. I think you'll get more out of it now. Revelation 14. Whoo, thank you, Lord. Now that pride is some sneaky stuff. Have you noticed it? It's always wanting to take credit. People are trying, you know, people have so many times tried to give credit to any success in the ministry does Phyllis and I. We say, well, the, the Lord did it. They say, well, yeah, but you, you this and you that. We say, well, the Lord. Yeah, but you. We say, hmm, the Lord. Yeah, but you had to, you had to, hmm, you can work yourself silly and have nothing happen. It's happening all over the place. Are y'all with me or not? It's a matter, not a matter of trying to be humble. Genuine humility is honest. Yes. And you're just telling the truth. That unless the Lord build the house, you labor in vain. Is that right? You can do everything in the world. You can work yourself crazy and accomplish nothing. Or you can work yourself crazy and get the stuff and meet the mark and be miserable. Still not blessed. Because the stuff don't make you blessed. Oh, but when the Lord told you to do something and you did it and he blessed what you did, but he's the one that got in there and made it happen and manifested the power to get it and to do it. And then the blessing remains on you and you have a peace of mind and joy of heart and you can enjoy it. Hallelujah. And it don't, you're getting something done, but you don't feel like you're just working crazy. You take whole days off. Maybe a whole year. Did I lose somebody? Huh? Why? Because you're so blessed that you can. Things are not going to fall apart and go under. Why? Because you got plenty. You got enough to do that. People should not see us acting like the world. On four devices at the same time. Running on 45 minutes of sleep with bloodshot eyes. Because we are movers and shakers. And we are multitaskers. Now you're living in the curse. And don't realize it. You're working yourself crazy. 
And you're not accomplishing nearly as much as you think you are. Because the work cannot produce the blessing. Come on, say it out loud with me. The work cannot produce the blessing. Cannot. The work is not the blessing. The car is not the blessing. The money is not the blessing. What makes you truly rich? And no amount of work can improve it or add to it. No amount of struggle can improve it. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes you rich. Hallelujah. The ble- and that blessing is mine. It's yours. Through faith in Jesus, we've become the spiritual seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. And his blessing is ours. And that is a big part of the gospel. The good news. Revelation 14. Did you get there? Verse 9. The third angel followed them saying with a loud voice. If any man worship the beast in his image. And receive a mark in his forehead or in his hand. You know. Isn't this amazing? Centuries and centuries ago. People would have read this and go. What? A mark. Can't buy and sell without a mark. That's nuts. That's crazy. What's everything moving towards? Bio identification. Yeah. Barcode of some kind. Everything's going that way because there's so much fraud. And the Spirit of God showed it to John all those centuries ago. And I, I doubt seriously he understood it or anybody that he told about it. But it was true. If any man worship the beast in his image and receive the mark in his forehead or in his hand, which would be when you'd walk through a store, it could scan you, you know, and all that kind of stuff. The same will drink of the wine of the wrath of God because it's not just something to do business with. It's a commitment to a wrong spiritual thing, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever. Notice this next part. And they have no rest day nor night. Will the curse still be around in the ages to come? It will be. And a big part of the curse is no rest. You can't Rest. You can't find ease. We are not cursed. Christ took our place, became a curse, and hung on the tree. I've been delivered from the curse. I've been redeemed from the curse of not being able to rest. They have no rest, day or night, which worship the beast in his image and receive the mark in his hand. So uh, if somebody comes... To mark you, just say no. Are y'all with me? (laughs) That's one of the times you want to read the fine print and see what you're joining up to, what you're agreeing to. And uh, verse uh, 12 and 13, here's the patience of the saints. And here are they that keep the commandments of God. Does that sound familiar? Have we been reading all the way back in Deuteronomy? Same language up here. And now he doesn't just say commandments. He says, and the faith. Of Jesus. Verse 13. 
I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed, what, 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 what? Now let's just stop right here. What was this other we just got through reading? Cursed. Cursed. No rest? Night and day? That's cursed. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, says the Spirit, that they may, that they may what? Rest from their what? Labors. And here is a revelation that contradicts what some people say about some things. You heard the phrase, you can't take it with you. Well, that's true with all the stuff that's going to perish anyway. You you wouldn't want to. Your good stuff is there, not here. But a lot of things you can and will take with you. They rest from their labors and their what? Their works do follow them. Our loved ones that have gone on before us and are now with the Lord, what are they doing? Are they stressed out? Can't rest? No. No. They are free from all of these annoying problems down here. They are free from all of that junk and they are resting. Resting and enjoying it. And they didn't lose any good thing that they did while they were here. I told you you need to sign up on a team. <laughs> their labors and their works follow them. Show up with them. You show up there and they'll say, what's all that you brought with you? You go, that's my good works the Lord helped me to do. What, what do you mean? But you're not going to try to take credit for it. What, what are you going to say? The blessing of the Lord, it made me rich. Hallelujah. And all my hard work didn't add anything to it or, or improve it. I'm glad I could do what he told me and he blessed it, but it was the blessing of the Lord. It was the power of God that he released on us. Hallelujah. That enabled us to get it. That enabled us to do it. That enabled us to enjoy it. That enabled us to give it. That made us blessed. 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 I'm blessed when I go out. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed in my basket, my store. Everything I put my hand to. And when I leave this planet, I'm leaving in the blessing. Is that right? And over there, I'm living in the blessing. I'm experiencing the blessing. I'm resting. Hallelujah. I'm re- I get some rest down here, here and there. Oh, but when you get out of here, you're going to find out how to really rest. Oh, man, you're going to see how to have absolutely zero things bugging you or bothering you. But even down here, we're told to cast all. Is that right? And if they try to come back on you, what do you do? You throw them off again, casting all your cares over on it. Stand on your feet, everybody.